Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is George Newbern, the voice of Superman, and you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. Get charged up for action that'll shock your system. Tell me that's not cool. An unstoppable superhero and his crew embark on impossible missions and will bring mutated villains to justice. When static's in the house, bad guys better step off. Pull the plug on crime with the adventures of Static Shock. Yeah! Welcome, everybody, to episode 209 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal. With me, my good friend, good brother, the man that runs our Twitter account. That's right. It's Liam. Liam, uh, we are fresh off of our last review of Static. As we uh, we talked about, we'll be reviewing Static for the remainder of this month, more than likely. Um, and then, uh, But uh, this week, we have what I would call... A very special episode, <laughs> Static Shock. That's right. We, we uh, this is when we, as we discussed, uh, you know, Mother's Day was just this past week. Uh, uh, unless, of course, you're listening to this like years later, in which case it was it was sometime in the past. Look, Mother's Day always occurred sometime before you're listening to this. So <laughs> that makes it evergreen. Anywho, we are, uh, yes, as, as we discussed a little bit at the end of last week's show, we are touching on an episode that, uh, that is something that I think uh, a lot of people remember from this show, and that is, of course, an episode featuring uh, Virgil's mom and, uh, and, uh, and him sort of dealing with the grief of losing his mother at such a young age, but it's all wrapped up in a, in a kind of a wacky time travel uh, plot, and so they're supervillains and all that fun stuff as well, so all of our regular static fare, but with, yes, as you mentioned, a little, a little something extra this week with, uh, with the, uh, with the, the big emotional beats to talk about in this episode flashback. That is right, Liam. And this episode originally aired on the kids WB here in America back on June the 7th, 2003, meaning we're coming up in just a few short weeks here as we re- record this episode. <laughs> just kidding. This episode's always live whenever you press play. Uh, <laughs> well, it uh, it would be the 19 year anniversary if this was uh, if this had been recorded uh, the, the week of of the 11th of 2022, May the 11th, 2022. So coming up on the 19 year anniversary of this episode. So before we get into our breakdown. Down of our four categories, we of course have our official IMDb synopsis brought to you as it always is by The Pod Tower. Head over to youtube.com slash The Pod Tower to check out our full catalog of episodes available on YouTube. Not only do you get our full run thus far, all 208 prior episodes to this, but you get bonus episodes and additional Uh, tie-in episodes that we've done. So check that out. Not only do you get our full catalog, but a full catalog of other content from some great 
other DCAU content creators. So check that out at youtube.com slash the pod tower. Liam, hit us with that official IMDb synopsis. That's right. So this is the synopsis for Flashback, which was written by John Semper Jr. Uh, There is no director credited on this episode, but there's a storyboard supervisor who is Mark Howard. Uh, We have music by Richard Wolf and animation by Coco. And that synopsis reads as such. Static and gear meet time zone, a girl with the power to travel through time. Static conceives of a plan to travel back five years to the riots in which his mother died. Mm. All right. I would have worded it differently, but it, mm-hmm. it's okay. It's a, mm-hmm. that's a C plus I'd say. Yeah, no, it gets, it gets the job done. Uh, that is uh, that is our plot as we uh, we kind of open up with uh, with a uh, news report that has some really interesting. This is a thing, and this is not exclusive to this show or this cartoon. Live action stuff does it too, but I don't like when there's like a supposed to be news footage, and it's like really carefully edited, and there's like close ups and stuff. Yeah, that always kind of bugs me. But yeah, we'll get to that maybe in visuals more. Uh, but yes, we open up with a news report marking that it's been five years uh, since the Dakota riots, which are, I think, pretty obviously influenced by the real-life L.A. riots of the, uh, of the 90s. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they mentioned that there was a, you know, a different, in addition to all the property damage and, and, uh, and, and all of that, there was also uh, some deaths, including the death of, a, uh, uh, of one Gene Hawkins, Virgil's mother, of course, and and some other uh, some other fire and rescue people who gave their lives that night, and we sort of open up with this news report that, uh, that we then reveal as a dedication to a statue uh, to Virgil's mother and, and some other some other heroic people from that night. As uh, we get uh, the uh, the interviewer uh, interviewing Virgil's dad, and and he sort of gives a nice speech about how his you know his mother believed that above all else, you know you you always had to help people if you could, and and they, uh, Sharon and, and, and Robert and Virgil are all then back at home and they're sort of discussing things and, and Sharon and Sharon and her father are kind of joking around, but uh, it's, it's very clear. Uh, once again, this is a, a topic we've touched on in a previous episode we reviewed, but uh, it's, it's very clear that Virgil is not quite as uh, comfortable discussing his mother's death, even in this sense where they're sort of honoring her as a hero. It's, it's quite painful for him to even talk about her. Don't know who that handsome guy was on the TV, but they ought to give him his own series. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure I was okay? You did good, Pops. Where are you going? Um, I got to do my homework. Homework? You? This early? Dad, call Shelly Sandoval back. We've got a new headline for her. Hawkins boy discovers long-lost brain. Step off, Sharon. Not today. Huh. What's up with him? Let it be, Sharon. Sometimes I think Virgil still can't handle your mother's death. He was so young. I miss her too, Daddy. So do I. We had more time with her than Virgil did. He hardly had any time at all. Yeah, yeah, we learned that very quickly as as uh 
as his sister sort of Sharon starts to to tease him and jive him a little bit, uh, you know, chide him a little bit about uh, saying that he's going up early to go to do his his homework, and uh, clearly he appears to be, as you said, affected more than uh, than his dad and his sister are. Uh, there's a little conversation that happened between Robert and Sharon as, you know, he, Robert reminds her that, that Static had less time, that Virgil had less time with his mom uh, than they did. So it's, it's a little bit harder on him because he doesn't have as many memories. So uh, we do flash at that point to Virgil sitting on a clock tower and uh, he's sitting there and he sort of made an electric static uh, image of his mom uh, in the sky and he's just kind of sitting sitting there moping and uh, we get gear come up and start talking to him and us uh, and, and interrupts him. And uh, Virgil really begins to open up and share with, with gear that, uh, that he's struggling, that he's having a hard time, that he's having trouble uh, remembering his mom. And he's worried about what's going to happen when his, when his memories go forever. And he's not able to really remember what happens, or, you know, who his mom was, what happens then. Yo, static. You wouldn't happen to know what time it is, would you? Oh, hey, Richie. I saw that tribute to your mom on TV. Pretty cool. Yeah, I guess. You okay? Just thinking about her. You miss her, huh? It's worse than that, Rich. I think I'm starting to forget who she was. It's like it's been so long, I'm losing my memory of her. Seriously? Seriously. And I don't know what I can do once it's gone. I mean, it's not like I can ever... Just as they're doing that, uh, they're actually interrupted by a scream as they look down from the clock tower and see a young lady uh, running away from who else but uh, our favorite villain of the series, Ebon. That's right, that dastardly villain is back and he's chasing her around. We learn that this is a young lady named Nina. Uh, Thankfully, Gear swoops in and uh, he introduces himself to Nina. They meet for the very first time and she's sort of awestruck by him. And uh, we see that Ebon is is pretty much set on trying to, to chase after her. He throws a dumpster on top of them and Static begins to engage at that point as uh, they begin their a little battle that allows Gear and Nina to be freed. Uh, we get a little bit of exposition uh, because uh, Nina all of a sudden turns out, wouldn't you know it, she's a bang baby uh, because in the <laughs> middle of their fight with, uh, with Ebon, there's she... Ebon is sort of incapacitated, but uh, she begins to cover static and gear in this sort of protective bubble, I guess. Uh, I guess it's a time bubble, we learn, mm-hmm. as, uh, as time as static and, and gear look around them and recognize that time is not moving in the right direction. It's moving backwards. And Nina admits that uh, she is indeed a bang baby at this point, and she has the power, but she keeps going back and forth in time and that she can't control it so uh, they go backwards and it continues to go backwards they go back 10 minutes in time to a point where they look up on the clock tower and they see versions of themselves 
and static and gear decide it probably wouldn't be a good idea to run into versions of themselves because Ebon is uh, is probably right around the corner to come chasing Nina. So they, at this point, leave the area to do some research. So uh, this begins the sort of uh, time warp conundrum that uh, we ultimately just have to sort of, su- you're already suspending disbelief watching a cartoon about superhero children but it's it it gets real messy in this episode so you you just gotta kind of just go oh okay and let let the story progress uh because it's at this point that as static and gear are uh are are back at their at their hideout or their their headquarters we get uh we get nina introducing herself and telling a little bit more about herself and that's when Gear gets to nerd out a little bit and tell us scientifically what her powers do, uh, much to Virgil's dismay as he's immediately lost, as would most people be listening to Gear prattle on. Amazing. Your energy waves distort the space-time continuum and move you through it exponentially. Uh, you want to kick that in English? She can rewind herself through time like a tape through a VCR. Well we could make something to channel the energy and quantize time, space into measurable units, something that... Is he okay? He's having a brain blast. I wouldn't stand too close if I were you. Yes! What's he doing? He's figuring out something he can build to help you. No way. Do you think he really can? He fixed our toaster. So he breaks it down in in uh, in terms that only a 90s child could understand. Well, 90s and back. And that's he said it's basically she's like a VCR and can rewind <laughs> the tape. Uh, so, you know, that that breaks it down. If you're not kids, if you're not sure what a VCR is, ask your parents. Uh, but yeah, that's that. So he kind of breaks it down and then continues to prattle on an additional science ease, giving us a full expositional dialogue just about how her powers works. And it's at this point that uh, that static has a, a brilliant, I put that in quotes, brilliant idea of what they can do just with Nina's newfound powers. Yeah, that's right. He's uh, his his brilliant idea is in fact that he wants to uh to use that power to go back five years to try to save lives and of course one live in particular in the uh in the dakota riots and uh you know he sort of pitches the idea and he's, he's sort of thinking about it and and gear later uh he gets a call from gear later telling him to meet meet in the park and uh, as he does, we see that Ebon has kind of once again been uh, been eavesdropping and following Static, and decides to follow him. And as we arrive at at the park with Static, we we figure out very quickly that uh, we have in fact given given Nina something of a a makeover here. She has her own costume now, and a, a sort of a belt that is sort of going to control her powers. And and as long with uh, as mentioned a a literal remote control. Uh, that, uh, that we're just doing had. the we're just doing the Adam Sandler click movie now, aren't we? Pretty much, pretty much, yeah. So we have, uh, and we've also given her a new name, that being Time Zone. Uh, so I failed to mention also, sorry to interrupt, but I failed to mention that there was a was a detail that she gives as she's back at Static's hideout, where she makes it very clear that 
she wants to use her powers for good. Ebon is after her because uh, he wants to use her powers for evil to avoid the cops is what she says. Is, is <laughs> goal. So uh, we get very early on that despite the fact that she likely uh, maybe compared with Dwayne's uh, last week, uh, one in one a for the most powerful of mm-hmm. bang babies here. Uh, we learn that she is, is for sure uh, certain that she wants to use her powers for good. That's right. And so, yes, as they uh, they all prepare to meet and and go back in time using Gears, a uh, fancy new remote that he's invented. Uh, Ebon, of course, bursts onto the scene as, as there's sort of a fight. Ebon gets control of this remote and uh, Static actually blasts him and the remote with a with a quick bolt of electricity, which Gear warns Virgil can kind of overload the system and could damage the remote. And uh, so all of them, Ebon included, get sucked back five years in time. What and, do you know uh, about that? Just just by accident. Well, yeah. So they uh, they apparently gears uh, gears a better or is is as good of a, an inventor as he as he could have. As yes, just as they were uh, planning to go back, it all worked out that way with uh, with the the technology assistance, I guess, and. Uh, so as they're uh, they're sort of getting their their bearings here, they're confused as Virgil and Richie are sort of come in, come to the past together as they sort of look around and see the the riots breaking out. There's fires and people breaking windows and and smashing up cars. No no modern parallels that we can oh, no. make anything, no. um, and and we won't. But <laughs> but uh, but yes, as as they're sort of coming to, they realize that time zone and Ebon have uh, have seemingly not been teleported to the same exact spot that they were and so they split up to go find them and as Virgil is is surfing through the air looking for time zone he happens to of course come across his own mother who is uh, helping someone who is down on the ground and as she she runs into a, a burning building to look for any more survivors uh, that building seemingly begins to collapse and and Virgil saves her and uh lifts her up to a rooftop where uh, he does decide after some sort of noticeable and obvious and understandable confusion from his mother, uh, he decides to just tell her the truth right away and that, that he is in fact her son and that uh, he's, he's from the future. And we get like a nice act break there. So you don't actually have to hear uh, Virgil recap all of it. But uh, we, when we come back from our, our would be commercial break, we have that, uh, that sequence there where, where Virgil is sort of finishing his explanation and uh, his, his, uh, his mom is not quite sure what to believe, but uh, being this, this wonderful character that she's been built up to be, she's of course almost instantly very, uh, very proud and encouraging of her son. Mom, are you okay? This is quite a story you told me. The future, the Big Bang, it's a lot to take in. I know. I mean... I just tucked my little Virgil into bed tonight. And now here you are, a handsome young man. You know, Sharon didn't turn out too badly either. You know, in an ugly big sister kind of way. I don't understand all of it, but if you are my son, I'm so proud of what you're doing. Imagine my boy, a superhero. But you're the real hero. Yes, she uh, she learns very quickly and more than anybody and ever any 
any movie or cartoon or film that has ever experienced time travel accepts that time travel is real and that uh, this is indeed her son better than anyone or any other character prior to this. So she immediately accepts that this is her son. And it, yes, she is. Uh, she's extremely proud of him. They get we get an embrace and she um, she tries to tr- uh, understand why static is there, but it's static is sort of interrupted at that point. We learn that gear uh, f- has found out just where time zone is, is and uh, wouldn't you know, she has been kidnapped by Ebon and Ebon uh, has showed up to where else Liam, but the site of the bang baby gas chemical plant where Ebon hijacks a, uh, a tractor trailer full of chemicals and he's uh, he's on the way out. So they put right. two and two together and they realized, Hey, what else is Ebon going to do? But he's going to create his own big bang. Um, I, I just, I, I don't, well, I'll, we'll wait. I don't follow the logic. Like what's creating the big bang earlier? How does that help? I don't know. Okay. He's going to create it. Yeah. He said it would create because there were so many people out on the streets that night, there would be hundreds and hundreds more bang babies. And I guess more people that would be willing to join with him as the, the most powerful and being the one that, uh, that I guess already understands what's going on. Gotcha. All right. All right. All right. That's, that's fair. Uh, So static at that point has to leave his mom on the roof. He begs her and makes her promise that she's not going to leave the roof. He doesn't tell her that she's going to die, but he does tell her in his time uh, on his, his timeline that she got hurt and he begs her not to move. And she does promise that she's going to stay there. So a static flies off to, uh, to, stop Ebon from uh, his plan and to engage in a fight with her with him and an attempt to, to free time zone at this point. We, uh, he leaves his mom alone, and it's just then that she gets a radio call, of course, that uh, they need her, they're looking for her, and she has this moment of crisis and conscience where she has to decide whether or not she's going to, going to do what she told her son that she was going to do or she's going to help the people that are in trouble. So uh, we, we don't really know what her choice was until... We uh, we get the fight that happens between Ebon and and uh, and Static, and uh, it's at this point that uh, that in the fight the the remote gets electrocuted again as uh, a Static grabs the remote from Ebon as he was in possession of it, but uh, in the fight it gets electrocuted again and it damages even further. And this point uh, it becomes unstable and Gear recognizes that they have to get out of there before the tanker truck, which is uh, sitting precariously by a burning gas station is uh, explodes and causes what they don't want to happen to happen. So, and, and that's not just any gas station. It's the gas station that they, they hang out in after. Right. So yeah, they, we get the origins of the burned out gas station that these, <laughs> that these two teenage superheroes hang out in, which is a kind of a cute little bit of, of, that's always, I feel like a nice little nod where you have just something in the background or, or a location and then you do the time travel episode and you figure out that they inadvertently cause their own, right. <laughs> their own, uh, their own hideout to be created by this, this gas station burning in, in the, in the middle of these riots, thanks to this tanker truck. Gotta love that. But yeah, so uh, as they as the uh, the portal becomes unstable and the remote becomes unstable, they realize they have to get back to their timeline. 
and uh, and they're sealed into the the time bubble at that point. And as Static is looking out, despite his protests, he sees that his mom is once again out saving lives and helping people. And they don't show anything, but it's certainly intimated that uh, she's once again in harm's way. They get back to their timeline and Static is completely ruined at this point. He's just absolutely beside himself, demanding that to Richie that they go back. And Richie exclaims that the remote will only allow them to go back two to three years at most. Man, what an unfortunate coincidence. So mm-hmm. uh, they're not able to do that. So Static immediately takes off and heads back to his house. Uh, by the way, uh, if I didn't mention, Ivan was defeated. They brought the tanker truck back with them also. So the tanker truck, Ivan, time zone, static, all return to the normal timeline. And it's at this point that uh, that not only do they call the hazmat team down, but uh, at this point, uh, Nina takes the remote from uh, from Richie and uh, says that she's actually going to go back in time because she can't be trusted with this power. She doesn't like having the power and for, for everyone's benefit, she's going to go back in time and prevent herself from becoming a bang baby, thus having these powers. So we got to call the hazmat team to come and get that thing gear. We got to go back. It's way too damaged. It couldn't go back more than two, three years. But my mom, maybe she's okay. Maybe it did enough. You were right, Gear. This time travel power really is dangerous. Too dangerous to ever mess with again. Whoa, what are you doing? I'm going back two years to the Big Bang to prevent myself from ever having this power. No, wait! goes back in time despite Richie's uh, protests by herself disappears uh, and never to be seen again uh, as time zone at least we get Virgil running into his house exclaiming looking hoping that his mom somehow was spared but we unfortunately see that nothing has changed but this leads to a very touching conversation between Robert and Virgil uh, you know, about just about who his mom was and maybe that Virgil changed the future a little bit with his conversation that he had with his mom. Yeah, it's a really touching scene. We'll certainly, I think, speak about this a little bit more when we get to our voice acting uh, section. But yeah, his, his father just sort of reinforces exactly what he said on the newscast at the start of the episode is that, you know, um, above all else, his mother, you know, was a hero and, she couldn't under any circumstances stand by and, and let innocent people get hurt if she thought there was something she could do to stop that and and uh, mentions how much of her that uh, that he sees in in his in their children and it's just kind of this really sweet moment there and and uh, and then yes we that's uh, so that's that's a really nice scene together and one another again exactly what you want at the end of this episode at the the very special episode is you get the the heart to heart with the dad and the son and and you we, you know we learn our lesson that uh, you know 
Virgil, you know, the, the, the bang baby gas may have given Virgil his powers, but you know, his, his true heroism and, and spirit certainly comes from, uh, from both of his parents, but especially his mother. So it's a really, really sweet little ending, although it's technically not our ending because we get like a, a last like 30 second sting uh, of, uh, of Richie and Virgil back at school after all this craziness. And they actually see uh, Nina playing basketball on uh, on the basketball courts at school. And they note that uh, Richie went to see her as gear after she had vowed to go back in time and stop herself from being exposed to the big bang gas. And it must've worked because she didn't remember him. And, uh, and that must mean that time zone has ceased to exist. At which point Virgil uh, points out that, well, of course she existed because otherwise we wouldn't remember her. We went on this whole adventure together. None of this would have been possible. How would she have gone back in time to stop herself if she didn't ever exist? At which point Richie just tells him, if you think about these things too much, your head will explode and we fade to black, which I thought was like a little bit of a, a nod and a wink from our, uh, our writer on this episode. Uh, uh, Mr. John Sepper Jr. just going, yeah, it's a little bit, it's a little bit silly. Time travel in general, when introduced to any television show, uh, I think especially a kids' TV show, is the logic is going to start to fold in on itself pretty quickly uh, whenever you start doing stuff like that. So it's a, a cheeky little way to uh, to fade to black there and, and end our episode. I agree. Yeah, it was the perfect way to wrap things up here. All right, Liam, um, getting into our, our scores here. Um, I gave plot a six out of 10. And the reason I went six out of 10 was now kudos to this because I feel like, I don't know, there will never be any proof that says it was or wasn't, but we've seen a lot of, of time travel specifically. Uh, I think maybe the most famous in DC, both adapted from, from the comics for the, the live action show. And then of course, a very popular event that happened that launched the new 52 is the flashpoint sequence where we saw Barry Allen do this very thing where he goes back in time to save his mm-hmm. mom and it affects everything in a negative way. Um, I, I think this episode struggles from the fact that there's a lot that's jammed into it. It didn't, doesn't really have time to explore the ripple effect of changing the past uh, and seeing what the consequences of that uh, would be. I think this should have been a two-parter. You allow Static uh, the to, to sort of wrestle with the idea, maybe have more dialogue with Richie and Nina, um, maybe him taking Nina aside in an attempt to convince her that it's the right thing, despite Richie's protests, and seeing you know him try and convince her and her ultimately siding with static richie going with them uh, despite his protests and then maybe he's successful and we see it play out and then maybe it's not beat for beat the exact thing that happened in flashpoint where he has to go back (laughs) and and allow you know his mom to actually die but i do think for something that that story has a greater emotional impact because of that, because he saw the ripple effect also of everything that he did. And static really doesn't, there's no consequences for static going back. Um, despite the fact that Richie is very adamant that this is not a good idea, that changing the past is, is does not always equal the same future, that there are multiple things that could be affected by, mm-hmm. by changing the past. So I know that they were handicapped by a 22 minute episode or 21 minute episode. 
I think that the Ebon also wanting the time travel thing, while it adds certainly some tension and, and a, a villain to fight, I almost think that you could have left him out, had the conflict between the team, and then the result of Static going back, meeting his mom, doing everything he can to attempt attempt to stop the the rioters from killing her and then maybe maybe his conflict is literally just between the you know the authority the, you know the, the police and the the rioters and he has he has interactions with them where he tries to make peace or whatever i don't know it just seems like there are pieces here that i think would have worked uh in a 22 minute episode but because of all that's in it and it's only 22 minutes it feels very jam-packed and we don't get to explore what i feel are some of the more interesting things when you look at the idea of time travel and changing the past and um Mm -hmm. you know potentially coming in contact with older versions of yourself or, or or you know what have you so um i i do think that there was some good stuff here as i think that ending of the episode is very strong. Um, the fact that Virgil comes to grips and realizes that he was able to, to have this interaction with his mom, it sort of perfectly bookends that initial scene that we had with him sitting on the clock tower, and he's able to have these newer memories as a, as a young adult that are going to, of course, stay with him through the rest of his life. But, um, you know, there were things that just I feel like fell short. His mom was very quick, as I pointed out, to adopt and understand that time travel exists and that this really is her son and doesn't even think twice about the fact of what interacting with an older version of her son means. Um, So we don't really get a lot of time to to sit in that emotion. So uh, because of that, that's uh, that's why I went with a six out of ten. Yeah, I went uh, I went one point higher. I went seven out of ten. I definitely agree with you that there's so much going on here that it really probably should have been a two-parter um i just think to explore for every for everything you just said for looking to explore not only virgil's grief i think you can maybe sit with that grief a little bit more at the beginning if you do two parts maybe you see him being a little bit you know more aggressive or violent with with you know a bad guy he's taking down or something and or, or something like that, you could see him sort of lash out a little bit more. And then you, you sort of build to this where they, where they find time zone and they come up with this plan. Like you said, Richie does kind of put up some, uh, you know, so a little bit of, of uh, uh, dispute to, Ber- to Virgil's plan, but then sort of really quickly has to go along with it because we don't have time for there to be like a, a longer discussion of this because we only have the, the 21 or 22 minutes that the, that the episode goes for. And then, yeah, the the heart of this, the reason why this episode is remembered, I think, as well as it is, is that that scene of him and his mother talking on the roof and and him sort of begging her not to go back down and all that. All that is good. It's interesting. But as you said, either going seeing something where maybe he does change the past where, you know, she you know, she lives, but then maybe, you know one of Richie's parents gets caught in the, you know, caught up in the, in the things and, and some, you know, somebody else's life that they care about is made worse because, you know, his mother wasn't there to save them and, or, or there's just, you know, crazy time travel ripples and, you know, the world is falling apart and they have to do something where they have to kind of set it back again. Like you said, that is sort of just, maybe that's just us imprinting, the, the more modern flashpoint story onto this, but 
you know, even even without going to that depth where he has to sort of, you know, re-kill his mother uh, the way that uh, that that Barry Allen kind of has to do in, in that story. Um, I do think, yeah, there's just there's just so much going on here and getting to see him interact more with his mother. We really do just get that one scene. And then, like you said, maybe and maybe more of like, as you said, a way to flesh out Ebon's reasons for wanting to go back in time. And obviously he doesn't necessarily say that he wants to go back five years. He just gets caught up in the bubble when they they have the scuffle with the remote. But um, they do they they maybe could have fleshed that out a little bit more and given him a little bit more to do. Um, but yeah, overall, there's there's definitely some strong points in it. And, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a roller coaster of an episode because there's so much going on and you do get those heavy emotional beats. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just like it feels like there was a lot left on the table for this one. Yeah. Imagine if they had let Ebon like go back and interact with himself as Ebon before he became a bang baby, like, and he's like telling himself about what the future holds. And, you know, he like works with the older version of himself or something like that, like some sort of like time paradox thing like that, that would have been interesting to, to see happen. And you get, uh, you get two Ebons, double your Ebon uh, fake iced tea voice that, you know, you, I would have, <laughs> I would have loved that, but yeah, I, I agree with you. All right, Liam, let's move on to our next category, which will be animation and visuals. Um, as you mentioned, there's no director listed for this week. Um, so uh, we are we're kind of just talking about uh, the things that we see here. Uh, what did you uh, what did you like? What did you not like? Anything stand out to you for this week? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, as mentioned, we have a, a supervisor for the storyboards that's credited, but no actual director. Um and then we have Coco on animation. Uh, yeah, for so we're back in season three now. So a little bit more in that uh, archetypal DCAU style now. Um, as far as action in this episode, it's funny because as much as this has like a really wacky sci-fi plot, there's not a lot of like traditional superhero action. I think the the bit at the end when when Ebon is sort of racing down the streets in in the tanker with with time zone caught up in static and gear chasing out of him chasing after him and then he sort of like bursts out of the uh out of the truck and then he has all these tendrils coming after static and and then uh i really i really dug a gear using the the zap cap to like turn into uh brakes for the tire uh -huh. I, thought that, I thought that was really neat and like a fun use of those those gadgets and stuff like that but uh yeah, overall, it's I don't feel like it's not a, a super action heavy episode um, because most of our second act is is either exposition or, you know, the, those more heavy emotional beats. But, uh, you know, I, I do uh, I do enjoy that that final beat there. And, and I, I do like um, just some of like the body language and things that are in that scene with him and his mother, the way he, you know, he pulls the mask off and the way that she sort of embraces him and she's really not quite sure what to make of it. But you know, eventually sort of does accept that it's her son and, and, and hugs him back. And then you know, just like the way that she is like touching his shoulder, it's very maternal. It's like, there's a little extra things of her like squeezing on his shoulder and stuff that I noticed. It was like, that's, that's very maternal. And it's not necessarily those extra little flourishes that I feel like we normally associate even with later season static. So mm -hmm. 
I thought they they put some nice moments, even on those quieter, you know, the non-action beats, the 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 moments with his mom, and then that that final scene with his dad as well. I think there's some really nice, you know, just like the way the the characters interact with each other, where they where they do feel alive and they and you do feel like they care about each other. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I also didn't have a ton of notes as far as the visuals concerned. Um, one thing I I noted was the initial time travel when they get thrown back five years uh there's sort of the classic cartoon trope where there's this spiraling vortex that they all sort of spin around in almost like a circling the drain type visual uh i thought that was that was a neat homage to to what you would likely see in a a scooby-doo cartoon or really any cartoon uh a a max fleischer cartoon or not max fleischer a uh like a tex avery or a tuck jones chuck jones type type uh, animated type uh, visual that you'd see there so maybe a little bit out of place in the dcau but it, i felt like it worked for this sort of goofy time travel moment there not all that different than what we've seen uh in the justice league later on as they sort of go through time travel at different points as well so Uh, I I enjoyed that. I did enjoy seeing Static in full costume without his mask on. I think that might be one of the first times, at least that I've notated, seeing Mm -hmm. that happen on the show. So that was that was a different look. Uh, You get maskless Virgil talking to his mom. And then you get Ebon, who is uh, likely the most fun visually of of Static's villains. We get uh, a lot of his powers which are just whatever, Mr. Fantastic or, or Elongated Man or Plastic Man or whichever stretchy guy that you think of. But he also has the portals, of course, worked in too. So we get some different visualizations of this powers. We get the portals and then he just kind of comes out of a building wall in that opening scene. And then we get some his fights with Static later on. He's sort of these tentacles that are coming off of him and wrapping around static. And so uh, very, very symbiotic or, or much like a symbiote you would make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was great. Um, and then I thought time zones uh, costume while I, I didn't care for the mask because it kind of looked like a, something that was thrown together. Maybe that was the point and her Tom turbine esque belt. <laughs> but uh, I did like that when her powers were in use, she had those glowing eyes. I enjoyed that mm-hmm. clear visual to acknowledge that she's in, in the midst of using her powers. I like that. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think that, uh, that, as, as you mentioned, the visuals were, were very kind of sporadic throughout because it's such a dialogue heavy episode. Um, I think the last thing that I noted was I really loved the visual of static sitting on the clock tower. I thought that that was a great setting. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked him kind of sitting there in the middle of, of the time, like of the, all of the numbers. So he's kind of sitting there in the middle of time as a visual, just kind of with his legs hanging off of there and looking at this image that he's created with his powers of his mom and then him and Richie sitting up there together. I thought that was just a great, great set piece for them to be sitting on and kind of thinking and, and uh, wondering aloud uh, about, uh, you know, what, what's going to happen when he can't remember his mom anymore. But yeah, um, overall, you know, I do love the, the newer, of course, uh, style, the more the cell shading and all of that is much appreciated. Um, not a ton of action, but uh, overall, a, a decent score. I'm going to give it a six out of 10. What about you? Yeah, and I am uh, once again just one point higher. I went seven out of ten. Like I said, I, I appreciate those little flourishes. I also like that in addition to um, uh, the, the the time sphere, which we've already talked about, as 
as they were going through time. There's also this effect when they when they go back the five years where they're it almost looks like somebody's erasing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and uh, and I think that's really that's kind of neat. And, and then sort of come sort of reverses that when they sort of fade in. Um, so I, I think they they did some uh, some neat stuff with the the time travel effects, as you already mentioned, uh, with the uh, with not only with her powers, but with some of those little extra things they put on there. And and then, yeah, Ebon's always a, a fun villain to to get to get to play with. So good uh, yeah overall nothing nothing super spectacular but uh you know a lot of a lot of a lot of good there as well there you go all right Liam, let's move on to our next category which is going to be music oh boy uh i praised the music last week there weren't any lyrics to the to the soundtrack this week there was a lot of lyrics including the following will we see tomorrow will it ever come Hands of fate, they move so fast. Where do they ever go? Bars. Will it be tomorrow when our time will come? Yeah. Was uh, that's the song as Static sits on the, the clock? Mm-hmm. Um, gotta say, I think some somber music would have just would have just been a lot better. I will also say that the song playing during the riot made me LOL as Static arrives back in time, right in the midst of the riots. The discount DMX type. Uh... Yep, some very angry 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 man that's uh rapping about doing bad things and that uh yeah it's it's very interesting uh, i lol'd at that I will say that the commercial break that you mentioned that prevents us from hearing static recapping how he got back in time actually reminded me any uh, if, if we have a niche fan base out here, if there are any Boston legal fans, uh, the commercial break uh, for 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 the static episode or for the static moment there reminded me a lot of, of the, the scene breaks in Boston legal, which is just a person who's going, oh, like in between <laughs> scenes. Uh, so I did. I did like that. I enjoyed that. I was like, I, I would have taken that for the entire series, to be honest, because I Big Boston legal fan. Uh, and then uh, we did get, Liam, I will notate, we did get the return of the Ebon theme. So I enjoyed mm-hmm. that. But uh, yeah, I ended up giving music because of all the lyrics, because it was very distracting in those scenes. And we get, <laughs> by the way, in the very, at the very end of the episode, we get the return of the, will we see tomorrow? Will it ever come? Uh, returns at the end of the episode. So to punctuate the very seriously emotional scene between Static and his dad. So I'm going to give music a four out of 10. Wow. 
Well, not surprisingly, uh, let's just go ahead and hit the disagreement alarm there. First time in a while. Emergency. Uh, yeah, for, for we've talked about this uh, probably at length in previous tag reviews, but everything you don't like about these uh, these static musical uh, interludes that we get are what I enjoy about it, just because it's so out there and different and weird. But I think it I think it works for this show. So I, I liked the the angry DMX man rapping about breaking windows and and burning down burning the place down or whatever. I like the the boys to men somber sorrowful music there and uh, and and then yes as you mentioned we do have the the Ebon theme returning and a little bit of the the classic static uh, action action music there uh, worked in as well so. Uh, yeah, for, for all those reasons, I gave I gave music an eight out of ten. Good golly. I don't think we've had a bigger discrepancy this calendar year. It's been quite a while since we've had a discrepancy <laughs> that large. Yeah, that's definitely disagreement alarm. Um, not much to say other than I <laughs> I politely disagree. Yeah. No, yeah. Like I said, I, I think you can go back to some of the uh, our early static reviews if you want us to have this argument more in depth. But at this point, it's a, it's a bit old hat for us. As a, yeah, kind of everything uh, everything you don't like about it is kind of what I think, uh, what I kind of enjoy about it. So it's uh, it's just <laughs> we always seem pretty far apart, especially in these these season three music uh, music categories. We seem to uh, find ourselves on opposite ends of the fence quite often. Yep, and one of the joys of getting to go back and have a static month is you will occasionally hear some disagreements happen. <laughs> Rarity on this podcast, as listeners know. All right, Liam, let's move to our final category, which is going to be our voice acting for this week. Let's talk about our cast. Not a ton of voice actors to discuss here, a lot of series regulars, a few newbies. But let's dive in and talk about the voice cast. That is right, Cal. We got some uh, some familiar names to talk about here, as well as a couple of notable guest stars. We do have Gary Anthony Sturgis returning as Ebon. Doesn't get a ton to do in this episode, as we've talked about uh, already in in plot. Uh, he's uh, he's just the villain who's there trying to uh, to use Nina's powers for nefarious means. But always always good to have him back there and. And uh, and get him to be as his menacing self with his uh, his iced tea impression as we we often talk about. Always good to have him around. Big fan. Uh, always always glad to hear his voice. Always <laughs> glad to hear the iced tea wannabe. Big Absolutely. Fan. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of familiar names, we do have uh, Maria Canales Barrera playing Shelly Sandoval, the uh, the reporter. So she, uh, I wasn't sure if she was still because by this point Justice League would have been in production. So I wasn't sure if she was still coming back to voice uh, this uh, voice this kind of a bit part on this show at the same time. But yeah, here she is um, uh, playing playing the reporter who interviews uh, Virgil's Virgil's dad at the start of the episode. But uh, fun to hear her. Um, we of course have Michelle Morgan as Sharon, and uh, and we'll uh, we'll we'll get to him a little bit later. Of course, Kevin Michael Richardson as 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 uh as robert hawkins i think you uh we've already touched on it a little bit and we'll talk about it a little bit more when we get to our main event here but uh he does get kind of to bookend this episode uh, kevin michael richardson does with uh that opening speech that he gives when he's you know being interviewed at the statue dedication and then uh, at the end of the episode when he has that heart to heart with virgil and uh he doesn't also always get a lot to do i think both uh 
both he and uh, Michelle Morgan and Sharon, they're often just kind of there at the start and there at the end, and maybe they dole out a, a quip or two, but it was kind of nice to see him get to kind of flex that, that muscle and really be like that archetypal uh, TV sitcom dad as, as we do our heart to heart at the end. Oh yeah. It's, it's great. Um, that I'm not going to lie. I, I got a little choked up listening to that, that speech that he gives to Virgil at the end and their interaction. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's both, you know, the realization that his mom's, his mom didn't make it still despite his best efforts. It's definitely Phil Lamar's voice acting in that, in that scene mm-hmm. coupled with the scene before where he's sitting on the clock tower, but then the interaction and certainly the chemistry and, and Kevin Michael Richardson's tone and the way that he delivers those lines. Oh, just really, really moving a, a really strong scene. Why couldn't you have just stayed off the streets? It wasn't like your mother to hide from danger, Virgil. She was dedicated to her work and to helping people. Nothing would stop her from doing that. And she had a stubborn streak, too, just like her kids. Got that right. You know, the co-workers on the scene that night say that all she kept talking about was how proud of you she was. She kept calling you her superhero. I don't know why, but if she could have seen how you have grown, I swear she'd be even more proud. I hope you can take some comfort in that, son. I do, Pops. I really do. Will it be tomorrow when our time will come? Will it be tomorrow? And I even think earlier in the episode, as you mentioned, right after he delivers the speech about Virgil's mom that, you know, he has this conversation with Sharon, as we mentioned, where he's talking about how, how static or Virgil didn't have as much time with his mom as they did. And that he's, you know, he understands that his son, what his son is going through. So yeah, he's, he's really strong in this episode. And that, that final scene is like acting 101, like the, like you could, you could put that in there. It's like, all right, you want to, you want to do an emotional scene, watch this because this is an, an incredible performance from, from him. Absolutely, yeah, Fan, fantastic job by uh, by Mr. Richardson. Uh, elsewhere in our cast, we do have a couple of other guest stars to talk about. We have uh, we have Rachel McFarlane uh, voicing Time Zone slash Nina, um, who folks would probably know as the she's the daughter on American Dad, and I think is the sister of Seth McFarlane. I'm not. I'm just guessing on that. I don't think I've ever looked that up. Uh, <laughs> guessing they're related because she's on the. Sh- she's on his show if not a happy accident yes but uh, she's done a lot of other voice acting work over the years as well including other dc projects and uh, and and things like that so uh it was distracting because she has a very recognizable voice and if you've ever watched american dad which you know i was 19 once i watched a lot of that show Uh and like it's very uh it's very it's just that voice it's just that it's it's her voice from that show right she's playing a different character here she's playing a you know teenage time traveling superhero so it was a little bit distracting but it's not like she does a bad job or anything no she's she's fine i didn't think 
I think that her strongest point in the episode comes at the end where she decides, or sorry, when she's explaining to them that she wants to use her powers. Towards the end, it sounded like it uh, wasn't her strongest performance. I'll just say that. There were, I think that uh, by the time she got to do an American Dad, she maybe worked out some of those kinks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, not, not a, it, she did fine throughout most of it, but there's not a lot of emotion that she seems seems to be able to interject uh, into her her performance not th- and and maybe there just wasn't a lot that was asked of her uh, but it seemed like maybe in that final scene where she's bidding them adieu there could have been a little bit more uh, sorrow or or maybe a little bit more adamant about her desire to go back and uh and to f- right the wrongs to avoid her ever becoming a bang baby so a little more emotion i think from that would have would have maybe taken my score up by by another point but um i think she did an adequate job overall yeah i would agree it's, there's a little bit of interaction with her and gear um where it seems like maybe she's a bit smitten with him and he is he's not quite sure what to make of it (laughs) right um uh so i I think maybe again something that maybe could have been fleshed out over two parts and would have maybe gave uh you know jason marston as uh as gear a little bit more to to do in this episode as well besides be the the exposition machine and the uh you know in the second act as we're trying to explain how her powers work and things like that but uh uh, speaking of jason marston i think he is as as i said mostly there to explain time travel and and uh, and throw out his his normal pop culture references and quips but i do think that that scene that we've already talked about a little bit the scene on the when virgil's sitting on the clock tower and there's a moment where he you know he sort of flies up and he's just doing you know the normal gear hey static what's up what's going on and then you know virgil sort of explains that he that he's down and and what his issues are and it's it it, this this is one of those things that i think ties into multiple categories but you know he just sort of floats down and sits beside his friend and and they have this this really genuine conversation where you know virgil confides in him you know that he is you know beginning to sort of forget what his mother was like and he's worried he'll forget her completely and in, in that moment i think you, you get to see that uh, you know jason marston and and of course our, our main actor here phil lamar uh, they they get to to play off each other a little bit and actually have sort of a more a more genuine bonding moment where again you you believe these people are best friends and that they they really care about each other yeah i, I think they have a great interaction i think i think I think the back and forth, at least again, which is why I was hoping for maybe a little bit more where Richie's appealing to static and saying, Hey, this isn't a good idea. Messing with time. Isn't great. Um, is would have been better. I think it would have been more interesting to see that explored. So um, they don't usually find themselves on opposite ends of, of uh, opinions on things. They, they, they're like us, they tend to agree a lot, but so it would have been interesting to see them kind of, especially both of their voices pitted against each other and show a little bit of emotion um, in that way. And, and certainly Richie has his concerns and Mr. Marson does a pretty good job of, of coming across as concerned uh, at least initially. And, uh, and, and then later on when Nita's leaving, you know, he has to show a little bit of emotion of, of, uh, you know, not being happy that she's, she's headed back in time to erase her powers and sort of certainly surprised by her choices. But, uh, I, I do appreciate the very end scene, the super meta scene, as you mentioned of, 
Uh, Richie also, Mr. Marsden, explaining that not to think too hard about the time travel, because if you do, your brain will explode. I liked that. That's sort of a little, it, we're, if we're talking about this, comparing this to most sitcoms, just a nice little bow at the end there between him and Phil Lamar, sort of uh, putting a bow on the end of this week's episode. I'm sorry about your mom, V. Hey, if it weren't for you, I'd have never had the chance to see her again. And this time... I'll never forget her. Hey, look who's here. You sure she doesn't remember? I went to see her as gear and she acted like we never met. A couple of days ago, she was one of the most powerful metahumans on Earth. Now she's just a kid without a care in the world. How does she pull it off? I mean, getting rid of her power and all. Remember when Nina said she was taking a bike ride past the dock when she got hit by the Big Bang gas? Yeah. I think our Nina went back in time to the Big Bang and stole her own bike so she couldn't take that ride. Then what happened to the Nina we knew? You know, time zone. Gone. She never existed. But we know she existed. She was here. We saw her. We helped her. Bro, if you think about these things too much, your head will explode. Yeah, strong performances from, from both of them. Absolutely. And, uh, and then, of course... Our last big guest star of the episode is, of course, Al, I believe it's Alfrey Woodward, um, who folks might know from things like Star Trek or more recently, I think she was in the the horror franchise, uh, Annabelle as well. Uh, but of course, playing playing Virgil's mom. Um, she Again, she really only gets the one scene. So I wish we could have heard more. Um, I think I think she, her, her voice comes off a bit. Um, I don't know if monotone is the right word. I think I think where where it works is when she sort of you know begins to believe when she's sort of trying to sell the surprise and the shock. I don't think she's great, but then in that moment when she's you know she's talking about my boy, a superhero, there's like a real genuine warmth to it that does feel like okay, yeah, you understand why this you know you know that 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 she does have this genuine pride and love and that she's uh you know that that she does have this genuine warmth to her so like i, I like i said I, I think if if she'd gotten more than one scene to do and, and certainly working with phil lamar i think they could have uh they could have played off each other really well and then probably done a a really good job but as as it stands we kind of get this one scene and, and uh, again no, nothing nothing wrong with the performance necessarily just uh again kind of left me wishing there was more of it so i could maybe evaluate it a little bit a little bit more yeah, I, I think uh, if you're if you're giving out a report card on this one, it would be like the eye would be incomplete, <laughs> not not enough to certainly judge pro or con. I, I agree with you. I think it came off a little flat, at least initially. I think she started to warm up, especially as she had to show those warmer emotions. But I just there's not enough to really judge whether or not this was good or bad, I feel like. And again, if you had a had a two part episode, one where maybe static gets to interact with her a little bit more or you know, we get, he, maybe he goes back further in time and gets to interact with her then. I, I don't know, but it, it, I think we, we missed out on not getting a full, full performance from her. And, and it would have been interesting certainly to see uh, a larger role for her uh, beyond this to, to judge it. I think it, to judge it more fairly, we would have need to have heard more, at least in my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. And then, yes, we've already talked about him quite a bit, so we don't need to harp too much on him. Not surprisingly, 
uh, Philomar really brings it in this episode as, you know, what else would you expect from one of the, you know, the true goats of, of all voice acting, not just, not just the DCAU, but, uh, but yeah, he's, he's tremendous all throughout this episode for all the, all the scenes you've already mentioned is his interactions with Jason Marsden's gear, his interactions with Kevin Michael Richardson as his father. And then with, uh, with Miss Woodward as his mother, um, yeah, he's, he's fantastic all throughout this episode. And, and we, we always talk about how, you know, you want to feel like your, your main characters are in a different place than they were at the start of the episode. And I think when he, he has that, that final heart to heart with, uh, with Robert at the end of the episode, and you really do feel like he's, he's more at peace. And, and a lot of that comes down to as, as, as much as I like the visuals of that scene and the music and all that, that we've talked about already. It's, it does all at the end of it. The heart of that is, is Philomar's voice performance. And he, he really brings that, you know, it's not as if it, it doesn't hurt anymore. It's not as if it's all magically better now, but there is like a, a little bit of peace that he's found by being able to go back and, and, and see her and, and to see that, uh, you know, the difference that she makes and how she inspired him to, you know, then become this hero for so many other people. Yeah. And it's the comfort that he receives certainly from his father, letting him know that, you know, now that static went back and had this conversation with her, that she was referring to him as her superhero. And even though he doesn't static's father, Virgil's father doesn't, doesn't quite understand why that uh, this, this in some way, at least, um, as you mentioned before, Static has this realization that it's it's in his DNA and that his mom recognized and had this opportunity, albeit so short, to see the man that he eventually became. So um, yeah, it, it's unsurprising, I think, from the start, from that initial sitting on the clock tower scene to, to some of the emotion throughout uh, in, in trying to appeal to Richie to go back in time and that, that that's where his first thought goes. And then um, and then again, with the, the sort of begging and pleading with his mom to promise not to go out there and having to stop short without telling her that she dies. And, and then the realization is he br- comes into the house and, and the disappointment of recognizing that he wasn't able to save her, even though he tried his best. Um, yeah, all of that, as you said, unsurprisingly, Phil Lamar, really great newsflash. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, yeah, for all those reasons, um, I ended up settling on a nine out of 10 for my voice acting score. Um, I think, I think it's really great. Like I said, I wish we could have gotten more of, uh, of Miss Woodward as, as uh, Virgil's mom. And, and uh, like I said, I thought maybe Miss, uh, Miss McFarlane as, as Nina wasn't, wasn't great either. Um, but still, you know, just on the strength of, of, uh, on of Phil Lamar and, and Kevin Michael Richardson alone, I think this is a, this is a really strong episode for voice acting. Yeah. I actually gave it the same exact score. I gave it a nine out of 10, really strong, really great. We've hit all the points, so I don't need to rehash them, but yeah, really, really strong performances. And again, you, if you're looking for good voice acting, uh, and you need to show somebody an example, or if you're looking to become a voice actor yourself, maybe check out this episode from, uh, from Mr. Richardson and Mr. Lamar, cause they are, uh, they are pros pros and boy, do they nail it in, uh, in every scene that they're in, in this episode. Absolutely. All right, Liam, uh, it's time to tally up our scores. And, uh, as I tally up everything, I come out to a 25 out of 40. What about you? And uh, telling everything up, I am quite a bit higher. I think especially that music, uh, <laughs> that music difference really set us apart here. But uh, yes, I am here at a final score of 31 out of 40. 
All right. Well, when we talk about rewatchability, I, f- I feel like even though this episode is a disappoint was a disappointment to me as far as the plot, and maybe we let we're let down a little bit by that. Obviously, everyone that listens to the show knows that my musical tastes uh, do not align with <laughs> at least uh, many of season three's musical choices uh, from Richard Wolf. Not. Not the Dick Wolf that does all the Law and Order shows, but the other Richard Wolf. <laughs> uh, I disagree, but I I think that I have to at least give this a one thumb up because it's pivotal to the character. We learn the the full backstory. We get to well, we've already we already knew about the backstory that she died in in the the riots, but we kind of get that fully fleshed out. Um, we get a very emotional uh, moments here with static. It's sort of, again, it's sort of his flashpoint uh, uh, timeline, sort of flashpoint storyline here. Um, you know, I, and, and arguably it's, it kind of gives him some, this character, uh, some motivation going forward and some, some opportunity and, and redeem sort of uh, the character a little bit because he, I think he just recognizes that the role that his mom played and this sort of thing that's been hanging over him all this time as to, you know, the, the weight that he carries that he's able to sort of get some relief. So you, you kind of see the character move through that. So I would say, even though plot wise and for the, for the whole DCAU, this may not uh, be something that grand affects the grand story. I think for the static story, this is, this is vitally important and uh, it's not a bad, it's not a horrible 22 minutes. I think it'll probably fly by if you pop it on. So I'll, I'll give it the old one thumbs up. What about you? Yeah, I think this is one that, uh, like I said, it does. We, we did cover an episode previously uh, that uh, I think it's back from, from season one, actually, uh, where we sort of touch on Virgil, you know, being frustrated and having these, uh, these uh, feelings, sort of unresolved feelings about his mother's passing. That's uh, the episode Tantrum, which we covered previously. Um, and I, so I think there are some plot threads that, that continue from a previous episode. Yes, it's not particularly, uh, you know, important to the DCAU as a whole, but I think it's a, it's a pretty big, important episode for the, the static series. So yeah, I think, I think one big thumb up is, uh, is the right call here. All right, Liam. Well, that will begin to wrap us up for this week's episode. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Don't forget if you want to support the podcast, you can do that a few different ways. First, if you listen to us on a podcast app and you have not done so already, please subscribe. We're on all the major podcasts. Uh, If your podcast app like Apple Podcasts or Spotify allows you to leave us a rating, you can give us a five-star rating. That helps us out. Um, If it allows you to leave a little blurb or paragraph to explain what it is that you love about the podcast that also helps us if you're on apple Podcasts, even if you've left one before you can leave multiple so we greatly appreciate that and uh, if you do you can uh, you can always tweet us and let us know that you left the review we we greatly appreciate that speaking of tweeting you can follow our social media at dcau review both on twitter and instagram lots of stuff on instagram we post clips from our shows 
Uh, we got lots of uh, great artwork and, and different uh, different stuff that we post there. Lots of fun happening there. Also, of course, over on Twitter, that's where we get to converse with you and kind of talk about not only the DCAU. Liam, I know you have a great opportunity of talking with fans about everything. DC, comics, movies, cartoons, uh, the new animated movies. We have a lot of fun interacting with people. And we say it time and time again, and it probably sounds cliched at this point, but it really is. Uh, one of, if not the best thing, other than you and I having a regular meeting time to hang out and chat about these cartoons that we love so much, but uh, really getting to explore the community that is the DCAU community and, and talking about all things comics is a, is a real joy that we get and a real kick out of this, uh, this whole experience. Yeah, absolutely. We love talking about whether it's talking about our episodes or something coming up. That, uh, that we'll be reviewing other people's memories of these shows or like you said, uh, other things going on in, in the world of superhero comics or, or, uh, or movies or, or what have you. Always happy to chat with people on our, our socials at DCAU Review on Twitter or Instagram and uh, definitely want to hear what you think of this episode. Again, both, both our, uh, our take on it and of course uh, would like to hear your own thoughts on, on this as, uh, as, as it is, I think, pretty well remembered as one of these sort of archetypal classic static episodes so uh definitely want to hear people's thoughts on this one in particular and uh you know going forward what what you'd like to hear us review in the uh the weeks and months to come absolutely speaking of weeks to come here liam we will be continuing in our month of static next week with another new episode why don't we give a little sneak preview that is right, Cal, and uh, as we often do with Static Shock, we'll be jumping around. We've been in Season 1, we've been in Season 3 this month, and this next week we'll be going back to Season 2, and uh, an episode that focuses a little bit more on the pre-gear uh, Richie Foley, as, uh, as we see him at the center of things in the episode Power Play coming up next week. There we go. Excited to check that one out with you. It's going to be a fun time. But until then, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we'll talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Adios.